connecting to the real nerds is so easy. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, at Real Nerds. We also have Instagram. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. You want to email us? You can do that, too, realnerds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2017 and beyond. I am Ryan and back with the original crew of Brad and James. Every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we saw a remake of a remake, The Magnificent <laughs> Seven. Yep. Stay tuned to the end of the show where we will review the movie and also spoil it for you. And we also talk about other things like stuff we've been watching, movie news, stuff that's coming out on Blu ray. And we also do things that happen around town. Brad, what's happening around town? Uh, not much going on this week. Uh, the midnight movie at the Esquire is Evil Dead Two: Dead by Dawn. That's right. And then, why uh, do you hate the subtitle "Dead by Dawn"? Because it's not a real subtitle. Oh, okay. It yeah. was it was like the tag on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, Fair. And then the drive-in uh, has changed it up. It is now Storks, <laughs> Sully, and Sausage Party, which I just want to drive by the drive-in when they're playing Sausage Party just to like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, especially it's like, hey, kids, it's two animated films tonight and a movie about a plane crash. Like, <laughs> Wait, it's Storks and Sausage, sausage Party? party. Yeah. It's Storks, That's... Sully, and then Sausage Party. That's but pretty awesome. Yeah. Can you imagine just driving down the road without the sound... And you just see, like, <laughs> all these food items fucking each other. <laughs> oh, Spoil- right. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> the orgy scene at the end. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can imagine it. Yeah. Um, yep. But uh, but that's it. That's, that's cool. It for this week, that's what's going on. Oh, hey, Ryan, your wife successfully got all the toys moved into this room. Uh, no, I'm I sorry, did action it. figures I did for that. collection promotion. Hey, you want to know how long that fucking takes? Five I, fucking hours. I bet, yeah. And then I got it all set up, and then my wife says, oh, Kellen was uh, shaking it. So if you notice, all the Spider-Man figures are fall have fallen and are pressed against the door now. So when yes. I open the door, they're all going to fall out, and it's going to drive me crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah. And guess how much my wife cares? She doesn't care at all. Uh, yeah. Well, that's true. Hey, at least it's meditative, right? Yes. Setting them all back up patiently. Yeah. yeah it's I, I'm sure hours. it's very cathartic. It's great. Yeah. You just get to think about your existence. And... Well, I was like, you know, I'll put them out and I'll re-line like, them up so, you know, Spider-Man's on top. Then I have a green goblin shelf. If Sometimes they all don't fit on there because they all have goblin gliders. <coughs> you should just get those. Yeah. Uh, Jesse has these, like, plastic stands that, like, it creates a base, but then it has, like, an arm that comes up and clips to their waist. I know. I need to get those. I should ask him where he gets those. Probably just off Amazon. Online, yeah. Yeah. I know. I need to do that. Cool. What yeah. else? Um... Henry wrote in with a new art house asshole. Cool. You mean he called in? He wrote and called in. <laughs> Very fi- well. He wrote, but not in. And then he called in. He wrote an article, and then he called in to yeah. run with the article. I always go read his articles. They're they're fantastic. Uh, but anyway, you can listen to it right now. Oh, uh, didn't we already do it? That's the intro.
Oh, okay. Did you guys hear the intro from last week? <laughs> I actually haven't yet, no. Is it good? Are you proud? Uh, it's hilarious. It's okay. adequate. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Cool. Henry, Henry claims that he'll probably change it once he gets back in town. Oh, yeah? Oh, boy, yeah. I mean, yeah, because we'll we see. need one like with his voice that's like, Hey, I'm, I'm Henry. Wait, what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why he turned into like like a a surfer version of Bruce Willis. <laughs> I know. Hey, I'm I'm Henry. I'm Henry, guys. I'm just I'm just hanging out watching some movies. That's what I do. I anyway, we should probably play his actual article thingy. Probably. I love art house movies. You can call me Mr. Asshole. What's up, Real Nerds? It's Henry, and giving you another update on uh, Art House Asshole. If it's super echoey right now, it's because I'm in a friend's bathroom recording this, so sorry about that. Couldn't find anywhere else in New York City that's quiet at the moment. Uh, this week's episode is on Blue is the Warmest Color. Uh, if you've been listening to the podcast enough with me on it, I've probably mentioned it a few times, so that's neat. Uh, it's a very fantastic romance film. I think it's it's specifically about a lesbian couple, but I think it's honestly one of the best romance films, regardless of sexual orientation. Uh, it's currently on Netflix, so if you want to check it out, go watch it there, or you can just read my review, which is on RealNerdsPodcast.com. You can read all about it, then decide for yourself if you want to watch it there. Uh, in regards to last week's episode, uh, not Blue is the Warmest Color, uh, White Girl. Uh, White Girl is now showing in Denver at the Sea Film Center. So if you liked my review and thought, maybe that's for me, well, you can go see it at the Sea Film Center right now. I just checked just this morning. I think it's still there. Anyway, I hope you guys like the review, and I hope you guys go and watch and enjoy Blue is Warmest Color. Bye. Awesome. Thanks, Henry. Always good to hear from that kid. Always. Glad, glad that he is in, in, you know, doing well. Hey, he's taking some nice pictures in good old NYC. Yeah. That's what the kids call um, New York, guys. Oh, wait, oh, oh, do they? Yes. Great. Are you stalling for the Alamo stuff? Yeah, he's totally Fuck stalling. Yeah, I am. <laughs> it's like, if you're wondering why Ryan is not really talking into the mic, it's, uh, it's because uh, he's I am he's, talking into the mic, stalling. you're just not listening to me. Uh, on, right. on Tuesday, they have uh, the Hitch Cocktails is the Trouble with Harry. <laughs> Cock. <laughs> wow. Also, Wild at Heart is playing. That's a terrible movie. It is. Man. The I mean, good <laughs> shift is Perfume. Uh, That's a good movie. Is it? Yeah. I'm, I'm not aware of that movie. The Late Show is called Lost Highway. Cool. I mean, that's a David Lynch film, so it's a piece of shit. <laughs> the PBS Kids Hour is Peg and Cat Mystery. And there's also My King is playing on Thursday. Or you can see an advanced screening of Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Oh, okay, cool. Tim Burton, or what I like to call uh, the movie's version of Hot Topic. <laughs> to be fair, Hot Topic stole from him. So, uh, Yeah, and he's like, oh, I make movies, so I'm going to make them like, dark, but not really dark. Hey, Ed Wood's really good. Yeah, it's not a dark movie, though. Uh, no, if I, if I'm just saying, Ed Wood is really good. Not dark, it's in black and white. You can also catch Beetlejuice twice on Saturday at uh, 5.30 and at <coughs> 8 o'clock. Cool. And on Sunday, the Weird Al sing-along is the uh, special one. So, Oh, neat. Got is it just a whole song? bunch of Weird Al songs? Hopefully like it's the videos, because his videos are oh, brilliant. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I... I didn't mean just like, oh, yeah, it's the songs, and then the screen is bike. With the big A symbol moving yes. back and forth. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, is that really moving back and forth, or am I just like going crazy? What, the Alamo symbol? Yeah. It's not moving. It's not? No. Doesn't it move at the end where it's like... Whoosh. Oh, 
I'm pretty sure it does. No, I used to have a brain tumor. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. You zoom at you. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Are you guys going to the uh, Indiana Jones trilogy tomorrow? Uh, no, no. I'm uh, my little boy. My wife works from eight to eight, so I can't do shit. Fine. Yeah. Except I could go to see the new exhibit at the Denver Museum called Extreme Mammals. I've heard about that. I know. It's uh, put on. Uh, it's co-sponsored by Colorado State University. Cool. So it's probably like mediocre. It's probably great and actually gives you an education about things. You yeah, know, or it, mediocre. It's yeah. not just there for like kids to you know hang out and drink beer. <laughs> like it's actually like for educational purposes. No, that's good. Uh, cool. This is the movie news of the week. It's real news. Uh, a, a lot less cram-packed than last week. Um, the uh, the director of LA Confidential, Curtis Hansen, died this week at 71. Um, so 71 is pretty good. So good for him. Uh, that guy was cool. And The and dude who played uh, Joe Roberts in the Spider-Man movies, he also passed away. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, is I think that... just today. Oh, okay. Because uh, C. Martin Croker, who played the voice of uh, Space Ghost on Space Ghost Coast to Coast. No. Uh, what? He did... Uh... Or oh, sorry. Yeah, he did Zorak and he Zorak. did um, he did uh, Moltar. Sorry, okay. that's right. He didn't do he didn't do Space Ghost, um, but he was also like a, a co creator on that show. Remember when so. Adult Swim had cool shows like that and uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force on? Yeah. Uh, hey, it still it still has some cool shows. Yeah, I mean Aqua Teen Hunger Force is still on there. Uh, yeah, well, um, Rick, did, like, Rick and uh, Rick and Morty is on is on Adult Swim. Uh, yeah, that show that show was great. Thank you. Um, but uh, yeah. Oh yeah, Aqua Teen Hunger Force is, is over. But it's been over before. It'll come back. It's been cancelled like four times. So <laughs> anyway. Uh if that's, you can't tell my kid is very tired. Yeah, he's having a hard time. I've been up for thirty hours, you don't see me whining like, like a look little at how, bitch. Look how, <laughs> <laughs> look at how badass his his T Rex shirt is. Man. I know. They don't make those for like men. No, I totally empty. want one. <laughs> the only T Rex like, shirts I got I go to six dollar t shirts dot com. Okay. And about once every couple months, they have a new T-Rex one. So I have one that says, License to Carry Small Arms, and it's a T-Rex ah! license. Well, this one's cool because it's got, like, the teeth and the eyes are textured. Like, it's just a badass T-Rex. Yeah. You know, it's if like, he, my shirt's going to eat you. You should just cut that out and then sew it onto your own shirt and wear it in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is what you get. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we got some, uh, some, like, not really teaser trailer clips from Ghost in the Shell. Um, that I think would look really cool. Brad, what, 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 what do you think of them? Um, it doesn't feel cyborg-y. Like, the kind of cyborg style I would want out of this movie is more like Ex Machina. But sure. it really just seems like everyone's dressed up in Ghost in the Shell cosplay. I think that's probably so far. fair. Hey, dog, 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 cut it out. You know, um, it's like five yeah. short... 30-second clips, so there's not much to judge yet. Oh, that, no, no, when no. does it come out? Like, next July or something? March? Yeah, 2017, March. yeah. They still have a long ways to go. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it looks cool. Uh, I, I, I think it looks like it's a sci-fi action movie, mm-hmm. um, which so does the trailer for Passengers. I think it looks awesome. Um, yeah. Only problem is that that trailer has one major flaw, which is they should not have included his line of dialogue at the end. Where he yeah. says, like, there's a reason we're awake. Fuck you. Like, you just made a really great trailer that reminds me of, like, like Sunshine and, and, and uh, know, you know. There's uh, two shots in the trailer I love. There's a shot where him and uh, Jennifer Lawrence walk out, and you can see, like, the ship, like, spinning. Yes. And they're, like, walking on a, it looks like a bridge. And then when Martin Sheen, uh, not Martin Sheen, uh, Michael Sheen, like, 
bartender goes crazy and he smashes his head and like yes like, oh what the fuck's going on oh yeah like it's such a great trailer and I, but i think that they got terrified that they had a a big budget sci-fi movie releasing at christmas and they were like well we we need to we need to get the normal people in here so yeah. so add a line of dialogue where they explain that like it's probably a love story or some shit um but i just found that disappointing cuz they didn't they didn't need that like they already had me but uh but still a cool looking trailer uh, what is the other thing? Uh, Todd McFarlane says they're making a Spawn movie, and no one cares. Ryan, I'm sure you're you're excited. You love Spawn. It's funny. I when I put out that list, someone told me that Spawn is not the worst comic book movie of all time, and I said, <laughs> "Au contraire." <laughs> what did they argue was? I don't remember, but uh, I, feel, I feel like you have to like make an argument for for what is the the yeah. In so much that it doesn't make any sense, and the CGI is horrible. Like even even in 1997, I I was thinking, man, this is bad CGI. Yeah, but yeah, you know. Uh, and uh, the very last and probably most awesome piece of news is that uh, Hitler's going to be in the next uh, Transformers movie. So that's cool. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that, but they there's like they're filming at Winston Churchill's old house, and they're filming like a a Nazi invasion at his house for the Transformers movie, uh, and they have said that Nazis and Hitler will be in that movie. Uh, of course. So, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, but I think it's amazing. I'll see whatever. Now, if you're telling me now that, like, robots turn into cars and then fight Hitler, that sounds like the greatest pitch for a schlocky movie I've ever heard. Um, so they're in medieval times and World War II? Yes. I think they are time-traveling Autobots. It's right, it's exactly like uh you know that that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie you okay, love what King, the third King one King Arthur's Court yeah it's exactly like the end the the middle part Sorry, of the first King season Arthur's of Court. Heroes <laughs> you know everybody loves when Heroes goes to feudal Japan we all know that's when that show got great we don't even know what you're talking about oh that's when that show jumped the shark and became garbage hey James describe the saying jump the shark where did that come from uh, it came from Happy Days uh, in an episode later on in that show where. The Fonz jumps over a shark. And the argument is that everything after that, uh, every, like, that, that that was the first sign of that show going downhill. Like, that's sort of the art, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was the time where they, they did a thing that then after that, like, they, were, they, they couldn't go back. You couldn't <laughs> unjump the shark. Um, so why did you ask me that? I, I just was led informing our... Uh, Listeners, I, didn't I was know sure if you were like you were like testing my knowledge and be like Maybe James uses that phrase. You don't know shit about jumping sharks. He's too young. He wasn't there, man. He doesn't remember, man. You don't know what it was like to punch a jukebox and the hero you song saw, come out. You don't know what it was like to watch your hero jump a shark, man. <laughs> the <fonts. laughs> Yeah. Anyway, um, we're also interested in purchasing movies. This is what's coming out on Blu-ray next week in a segment we call. This is what's coming out on Blu-ray next week. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Well, this week we might just call the segment disappointing. Uh, Warcraft is coming out on uh, 4K and, and Blu-ray this yeah, week. I'll watch it. Um, oh, yeah, you didn't get a chance. I, I need other people to watch it because it's not good, but I need other people to tell me that it's complete garbage or something. Like I, I don't know. You know I, I can't measure so that can movie fairly. <laughs> yeah, so that I can let go. Um, letting go is also what I did about the beginning of the third act of The Shallows when that movie stopped being any good. Um, and you can I buy that on that Blu-ray this week. Um, what? I need to see that one too. Yeah, you should check it out. Um, if only just to watch like a camera worship Blake Lively for two hours. Like, yeah. you know. Um, I liked Into the Blue where it worshiped Paul Walker. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. In, no, Into the Blue is a <laughs> way better movie than The Shallows. Into the Blue is a fun adventure I don't movie. Know. I, I got it on Blu-ray for like $2, and I still haven't yeah, watched me too. it yet. So. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you should watch it. Do you know Josh Brolin is in that movie? He is? Yeah. You need to watch the End of the Blue. <laughs> End of the Blue is way better than it has any right to be. I like, remember watching it, but I don't remember a thing about it. I know they're like treasure hunters or something. Yes, right. And then it, everything goes wrong. Like the, it's a cool adventure movie. If that movie had like Matthew McConaughey and Amy Adams in it, that would be a really great movie. Uh, I think I just described Fool's Gold, so maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> but still, and that was uh, like Kate Hudson in Fool's Gold. Uh, yeah, sure. They're all the same, right? Just like, like that uh, Deepwater Horizon. Every time I see it, I'm like, oh. Here, here's them trying to make me care about Mark Wahlberg's character. Oh, dude! But if you think that movie is transformer, if you think that movie is manipulative, you should see the trailer for Billy Lynn's oh, "The Long uh, Hard Walk of Shame" or whatever the hell the <laughs> title of that movie is. Angley needs to go home. That thing looks like it's made out of plastic and tin foil. It is such a terribly shot film, and it is so shot manipulative. Forty frames, oh, or one twenty or something. It looks god awful. It, I mean, it, 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 remember how bad Life of Pi looked? Mm. All of that, like, fake CGI stuff everywhere? That one of best visual effects ideas? Yeah, yeah. That movie looked terrible. This is if he went and used all of that CGI money to make the, the, just the normal world, like, where you could just go film this stuff. Like, ah, it's terrible. Anyway, um, Not Terrible is The Rock, and uh, the unrated cut of Central Intelligence is out this week. Oh, let's check that out. I, yeah, I'm going to have to see it. Um, you know. I'll I'll give Hart, Kevin Hart some more some more chances. Um, what Henry argued was either the worst or the second worst film of the year so far. Mike and Dave need wedding dates is out this week, which is too bad because I like Anna Kendrick. It was um, fun. Yeah, you liked it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, season five of Grimm is on Blu-ray. Uh, you've got uh, an American Werewolf in London is getting a Blu-ray release. This I week. think the is cover's this? badass, but oh, I think yeah. it's just a slipcover over the. Old old one. I was just gonna say it I has like one other special it says it's feature. The restored cut. Which uh, I didn't see, realize it was broken. When I hear stuff <laughs> like that, that means they just went up and cleaned the orig- the one I already have on Blu-ray, and it makes yeah. me want to buy it because I think the cover is really cool. But right. I already own it. The right. movie's great. If you've never seen American World of London, you should. Yeah. Uh, the Neon Demon for me is the big release. Uh, that's a that's totally a movie that people should check out. Are you gonna get it, James? Uh, yeah. Okay, I'll borrow. It from I'll, you. I'll, I'll I'll hook you up. Don't worry. Thanks. I'm gonna get it, but I'm gonna try and replace the cover art. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. They totally used the wrong cover art. Um, I mean, none of the art for that, like none of the posters for that, were was, were great. But yeah. uh, Chopping Mall, I have that coming. Uh, what is this new thing? So, so it's so Vest, Vestron, Vestron video. I'm surprised you don't know this, James. So no. Blockbuster used to have in like, I guess it's the early '90s. They still there. I wasn't a, born yet. I know, but they still had them at Blockbuster, <laughs> and Vestron was like an offshoot of Trimark, which did. Such oh. favorites as The Leprechaun. Yeah. And so they made these movies that were just like schlocky horror films. Okay. So, you know, right up my alley. And those are the movies I would rent. And Chopping Well, for our listeners out there, its original name was called Killbots. And it takes place in a mall where the security guards are robots. And then they have a malfunction from a lightning bolt. And they come turn into like killer robots. That sounds great. Yep. And I think the cover art looks awesome. <laughs> wait, wait, yeah. wait. You're in a mall, and they make the security guards the robots, like yeah, because they get struck by lightning. Like striking lightning on a mannequin would be way better. For that. <laughs> Whoa! Write that down. <laughs> Copyright in our realness podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know we should get to play the mannequin, Kim Cattrall. Totally. Oh, she'd be great as a mannequin. Um, the uh, the tagline is "Where shopping costs an arm and a leg." 
which is which is all the right. cool android arm that's holding the shopping bag. Yes, doesn't exist in the movie. Oh man, <laughs> they look like uh, what's the name of the Doctor Who robots? Daleks. The, um, the Daleks. Yep. Yes. Yeah, that's what they look like. Oh, okay. Wait, uh, they look like this. The Daleks or the Cybermen? Do they? Are you talking about the guys who look like human beings? No, with their robots. Okay, they okay. look like carts. Sure. If I remember the movie right, I might be remembering it wrong, but I'm yeah. pretty sure it's a lightning bolt that makes the robots killer. So the uh, the Bill and Ted's most excellent collection from from Shout Select is out this week. <laughs> When's um, the last time you watched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? Uh, a very very long time. I'm pretty sure they say dude 700 times. I watched I, it. I bet I say dude it 700 times. Oh, yeah. Um, does it hold up? Is it still good? I I think I think I just watched Bogus Journey and it was just kind of yeah like ah uh, what is this? But if you like it, it's a part of the Shout Select series. Yeah, and you get. Uh, both movies and it comes with like wild stallion guitar picks so you know okay cool uh blood diner is also coming oh from yeah the, uh, coming too. <laughs> the veteran collection you know they're playing that at the alamo are they really are, with, oh yeah yeah i saw that today yeah with yeah. some as the director maybe i don't know i don't remember someone from the film's gonna be there so yeah i'm excited because this Vestron is like the cheap knockoff of the shout the scream factory stuff yeah but they they have a lot of stuff coming out for it and those movies, some of them are pretty good, and some of them are pretty garbage, but yeah. it takes me back to a time, a simpler time. But again, I, I, I really like this poster where the, the, it's like the, it's the standee in front of a diner. The, uh, the, the tagline is, first they greet you, then they eat you. Ooh, it sounds like a cannibal who, film. Who, who could have seen that coming? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Something about that, like that in neon In Blood signage. Diner, food eats you. <laughs> <laughs> um... So uh, the Criterion has a couple movies coming out this week. One is Decalogue. Don't know what that is. Uh, and then they also have the uh, the Valley of the Dolls getting a Blu-ray release this week. Let me see. Is Beyond the Oh yeah. Also Beyond the Valley of the Dolls is also Criterion. Um, so if you want to check those out, Highlanders getting a 30th anniversary Blu-ray edition. Um, I might I might pick this up. I haven't seen Highlander in a really long time. <laughs> Um, that movie has a special place in my heart for, for things that should be amazing, but probably aren't actually anymore. Uh, the fourth season of Ripper Street for the British folk, uh, Cell, the most forgotten Samuel L. Jackson movie of all time. Based on a Stephen King film? From this year. Uh, yeah, yeah, based on the novel by Stephen King. Mm, novel, I mean. Uh, let's see, which one do I want to do first? Okay, uh, HUL's The Shape of Things to Come, which has got a pretty badass poster with a whole bunch of robots and people running. Um, I don't think this is from anyone special. It's, uh, it's, an, it's a plus underground or something. Uh, anyway, it's a cool cover, so go. you could get that. But the real winner this week is Slugs oh, that's from Arrow. Arrow. I think the cover is badass. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, so basically picture a man who has... He's taking off his shirt, but it actually looks like he's ripping off his own skin because then underneath he's got all these like, like leech-sized slugs that are uh, you know eating away at his flesh, uh, and he's just screaming, and that's the whole thing. And then you've got like this weird oh oh the uh, the font of slugs is like a is like a slug trail, mm. so it's like cursive, but it's supposed to be like oh because the the slugs leave a trail of blood behind them. Yes, Crow um, does a really good job on their Blu-rays for the. Goofy yeah. movies they make. But yeah. Uh, Question: Is this the uh, Night of the Creeps knockoff? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I, I have no idea. It's like a really nice Blu-ray. I mean, it has an okay one, but the cover art's awful. Have any of us? You haven't seen Slugs, have you? Uh no. Oh, okay. 
So I was. You remember the one last week from Arrow? There's like Drive In of Death or something. Yeah, Dead End Drive In. Dead End. It's like a Mad Max movie. Oh, what? I was reading like a review on Blu-ray.com and. It's like Mad Max cannibal kind of movie, or not? Oh, yeah, cannibal. no, no. We read the uh, we read the yeah. premise on the show last week. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> but Blu-ray dot com yeah. gave it a good review. Cool. Not the awesome. movie, but the, the Blu-ray. The Blu-ray. They were like, "Hey, the the special features in here are really informative about this piece of shit film you could buy." Sounds um, a lot like Blood Rage. Yeah. Oh boy. Which I do own. <laughs> oh man! After months of waiting. Yeah, I know. How long did I pre-order that? I ordered it pre-order like six months. Uh, it was a while. It took forever. We, to I think out. we read it three times on I'm the pretty show. Pretty sure we did. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that is what's coming out on Blu-ray. Wow, moving week. right along this week. Here we are. Yeah. Who gives a shit about this podcast? Let's move along. <laughs> this is stuff we've been watching. So uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. I know. I watch only two things this week. My my little boy is in love with dinosaurs right now. Um, this is a crazy well, why story. Why don't you marry them? This is a crazy story. So he kept on saying uh, he wanted to watch dinosaurs. So you showed him Disney's dinosaurs? <laughs> no. Okay. So you showed him The Land Before Time, which no. is a fantastic film. Uh, show him he, the good dinosaur. He's he's seen the good dinosaur. Oh, yeah, you showed him the good dinosaur. He really oh, likes. Oh, great. The good dinosaur. But I'm like, that's not a dinosaur movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, it is. So totally I so movie. I put in uh, Jurassic Park. You're an insane person. And awesome. He, he was watching it. So you know the the opening when the raptor attacks, <laughs> and, and now he doesn't like dinosaurs anymore. No, he's so he paid attention, and then it gets. I mean, the parts that I love that you know he doesn't care about um, when they're eating ice cream. Yeah, and, and he's about... like, uh, yeah. One of my favorite moments is when uh, Dr. Grant is walking up and he's like, kids smell. They don't smell. Some kids smell. <laughs> I just love the way that line's delivered. Baby smell. Um, and so he started getting bored. But then when they got to the part where Dr. Sadler says, this this isn't right. This this plant's been extinct for millions of years. And she, you know, the head turns and then the music starts swelling. Uh-huh. Kellen just gets fixated on it uh-huh. and he gets excited. Like he and, knew something was coming. Yeah. And he and said, then dinosaurs, he happened. saw dinosaurs and then the T-Rex attacked and all he did was roar like the T-Rex. Um, and he really liked it. Oh, so he watched it and was okay. Yeah. And he didn't wake up screaming in the middle of the night. So I guess he wasn't too scared. All right. Okay. And you can see he's well, rocking they, a T-Rex shirt today. There you go. Jake Hart. <laughs> A two-year-old was more okay watching Jurassic Park than you were when you were 13. Um, too bad. See, he just knows that dinosaurs are cool. Well, he's also only two, right? It, it's entirely possible that when he is four, stuff like that will scare him. Because yeah, when he actually, has a better idea, idea of what's happening. Yeah, when he can actually like follow the story and, and have empathy for other human beings. Because right now he's two. He doesn't have any empathy for anyone, including Well, you don't care parents. if the lawyer gets eaten. Uh, well, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I mean... I brought you guys here to defend me. But, <laughs> the only one who's on my side is a blood sucking lawyer. Uh, but you. I mean, once you see once you see Jeff Goldblum without his shirt off, you're really afraid he's going to get killed, <laughs> yeah. eaten. You know, like that's the rule. Once you take your shirt off in a horror movie, you you mm-hmm. get eaten. So. That's true. But Jurassic Park still one of the greatest movies ever. Oh yeah, no, it's fantastic. Uh, yeah, that is a tight movie. And uh, the only other thing I watched is. So I've been doing this Ryan's Vault thing where I just put movies in a bag randomly, and I have either Kellen pick it or I pick it. Yeah. Um, of course, but they're movies you haven't watched before. Yes, you haven't watched the Blu-ray. Yes, uh, and some of them I haven't seen, like this next film. And I didn't let Kellen pick this one. When I put these films in, I usually take like five to ten of them and put them in a bag or a box and just pull one out randomly. And so I put a bunch of uh, violent ones in horror films, and I I pulled out Clown, which is directed by John Watts, who's doing the new Spider-Man movie. Oh, okay. Um, it's his first movie, and how he got this gig is kind of cool. He shot a short 
about a man who puts on a clown costume and he can't take it off. And he shot it as a trailer. And it and and the trailer he put from horror master Eli Roth just to be a, as a goof. Oh, yeah. And Eli Roth's like, I really like that. You should make that movie. <laughs> and so that's how he got discovered. Oh, uh, that's he, funny. Uh, he also did – actually, he – he was actually pretty prominent. He directed a lot of. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember the Onion News. Um, oh yeah, yeah, he did a lot of episodes of that. So he did a lot of like sitcommy stuff. Oh okay, cool. Um, he's still a young guy, and but anyway, so he made this film called Clown, and it, that's what it is. It's about this guy who his kids having a birthday party, and they want a clown, and the clown had to call and cancel. So he's a he's a realtor, and he's at one of the houses he's showing, and he sees that there's. Uh, clown costume locked in this like chest so he puts on the clown costume he shows up and everybody loves him and uh that's night... made out of human flesh <laughs> that night he falls asleep on the couch and he wakes up he's like oh i have a showing i had to take off this clown costume and he goes up there and he can't take off the wig and he can't take off the uh the costume like he tries to cut it up and um and when he finally gets a nose off he gets it ripped off and it rips off part of his nose mm. and the movie goes like crazy dark like so it's kind of funny at the beginning yeah and then it goes to straight horror where it turns out this suit is actually like a skin of a demon and so the when the dude put it on the demon just starts like becoming part of the guy and he the demon eats children oh good so this film and a lot of times horror films won't show children being killed eaten yeah uh not this one You've got like, you know, the uh, practical dummies of children. Yeah. So there's a part where he decides he's just going to kill himself because he he's like getting hungry and he realizes that he has to eat children. So he does, so he doesn't want to eat children. So is, it, is it like that episode of It's Always Sunny where he's running around like eating different kinds of meat? Yes. And he's like, what if I eat baby like monkeys? If I eat baby monkeys, will that be okay? If, yes, in a, like a horrific way. Right. So he's <laughs> uh, so he's gonna kill himself. So he shoots himself in the head, and when he does, blood doesn't come out. It's like uh, rainbow colored, like so it looks like oh, clown what? makeup goes behind him, <laughs> and it doesn't kill him. So he finds out he needs to eat kids. So he takes these two like um, saw, uh, table saws. And he puts him up, and he's going to rock his the chair back yeah. and put his head through it. But this little kid opens the door, and it scares him, and he, so he falls back and misses. And he hits the saw, and the saw like goes through the kid's chest, oh. and the kid falls forward, and then he starts eating the kid. And then the movie goes from there where he has to eat five kids, and if he eats five kids, then he can get rid of the costume. And so he, he just – he goes to a Chuck E. Cheese and like eats children. And there's a part where he's eating this one kid, and this mom's like, where's your brother? And this blood comes down this fucking slide with an arm that's severed and just pours out all over the balls, like the ball pit. It's like, holy shit, this movie just goes for it. And it's actually a pretty – if you like horror films and you like like disgusting horror films, it's actually really cool. And the makeup effects in it are really good. The guy who's the lead (coughs) in it is really good. Some of the acting is hit or miss, but – I mean, I don't know how much he was made for. Probably two hundred grand. Yeah. Um, but it's really good, and you can see he's a really, he's a really different director, and I can see why he was picked to do a, a big movie mm. because he's really good at character moments. Cool. Um, I mean, you, if you watch Cop Car, it's kind of the same thing, where he's really good. Oh, at the, that was his. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. Cop so, Car's great. Yeah. So he's uh, he's very interesting. So I'm kind of interested to see what he does with Spider Man. So if you want to see a crazy film about a clown that murders children. Check out Clown. What, did he make this before he did Cop Car? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes. Sense. I think he made it 2014, but it wasn't released until this year. Sure. 
Um, I'm sure it was probably available like digitally or something. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, and that's what I watched this week. Cool, cool, cool. And of course, Peter, uh, st- what's the dude from Handle Girl? Stormire, Stormare, Peter Stormara. Yeah, he's he's one of the guys in it. Oh, he, good. He has like a cameo. He's always great. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Brad, what'd you watch? Uh, light week. Uh, I went and saw Star Trek: First Contact at the C Film Center for like a 20th anniversary showing. That's a good movie. And they had a professor there who uh, talked about the the movie with the audience. A professor of Star Trek? A professor of something at Metro. I don't know. I wasn't paying too much attention. I was trying to <laughs> ask this one question. I didn't come here to learn, buddy. <laughs> a lot of people. I don't. I don't there's like generic questions where I'm like, I already know the answer. I already know the answer. Uh, but um, the one thing I wanted to ask him was, uh, um, and someone asked, like after waiting for most of the Q&A, um, someone asked it like right before he finally, because I was in the front row all by myself, and there's like that middle row where people walk uh, around the seats. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was, he was ignoring me for the longest time, and then he finally like realized I was raising my hand. Some other guy uh, asked this question for me, but... <laughs> Pay no attention to him. You can, no you one can just can keep hear talking. Him. You're all watching him. I'm I, watching I, him because I don't want him to electrocute I, yeah, himself. But, I can, I but can I'm hear listening you. to you. Okay. Some other guy asked my question. See? <laughs> and my question was, how do they land the phoenix? Very true. Like, Does uh, it not? I would assume that it has a, like, it, it ejects and, and, and re-enters the way that a, that a it would have to have spaceship would. It would have to have hover conversion because it's a rocket, so you either dump it in the ocean, but it can't be because then they'd have to travel all the way back to Montana on foot. Oh, very true. Um, yeah, he built a dumb ship. Or it would, I don't know. Even if, well, or the... Or the because yeah. you can't say that the Enterprise helped them because in before they showed up, he'd already completed the mission, so somehow they got the Phoenix back to Earth before Picard and everybody. It has landing gear. It has to have hover conversion. That's has, all I can think. No, yeah. it has landing gear. Okay. You just you just come in at the right angle and then it it like coasts down. Yeah. Even though it's not a glider. <laughs> oh, uh, a parachute. It's just got a big parachute oh, yeah. in it. Yeah. yeah. It, just a bunch yeah. of parachutes. Yes. Yep. Although none of that works. No, I mean it doesn't. Nothing about that ship actually survives reentry. Like, right. Which makes sense because the Enterprise traditionally is not necessarily supposed to be able to like land on a planet. Um, it can go underwater now. Hey, shh, <laughs> shh, shh, shh. Um, anyway, yeah. uh, so that was fun. That movie was awesome. And it was a 35 millimeter print. So it was fun seeing all the dust scratches and things Yeah. again. And then the last thing I watched is a uh, season two of Gotham, which is still like the weird dual hybrid of uh, like, there's two artistic directions going on where part of it's very Schumacher Batman and another part of it's trying to be Nolan Batman at the same time. Does that show exist in the universe as in the same universe as the Flash shows? I don't officially know, but I could see how it could. But okay. um, I guess it's in the past, so they could do whatever they want. Well, that's the whole show is basically giving the finger to, to canon. They just do whatever they want. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> like there's so many like deviations from like traditional characters and where they exist in the timeline. It's. I, I think, yeah, like halfway through season one, they said, like, you know, let's stop trying to yeah. build this mystery around what's already been written. Let's just be our own thing. Let's so, get viewers. Yeah. So, um, but it's getting pretty crazy. Uh, the second half of the season introduces Hugo, Hugo Strange. Um, and he's had this, he was working, he was like friends with Thomas Wayne. And another, he's this program. Uh, another 
role, lost to an Asian guy when it's supposed to be a white guy. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, he was secretly making all these monsters, and not, now not that strange. In addition to traditional villains like the Penguin and Mister Freeze, like there's like armies of freaks running around, and it's it's going to get okay. pretty wild. And then you know there's weird stuff like you know Gordon murders people. He actually goes to jail for a little while, but everything's so rushed. You know he's he's in prison for like two episodes, and then gets out and solves his own murder or yeah. his own. He so, yeah. He solves a he solves, he solves the murder, the murder that, that he jail. put him in jail. Yeah. He doesn't solve who killed him. Yeah. It's not Lindsay Lohan. It's not uh, that off the wall, but yeah. Um, but import- the Riddler framed him and stuff. So. Important question: Is mm. it good? It's good and en- it's good enough. It's it's not <laughs> terrible, but it's the like I said, it's, it's the shoe mockery, like over the top, silly things. Like okay, so they introduced Azrael, right? Um, and part of one of the weird plot points is that Hugo Strange can bring people back from the dead. Okay. Which is great. A terrible way of writing. Yes. But uh, this, you know, this guy who ran for mayor, um, and actually, I thought it was they were building up to the Court of Owls storyline, but it's actually the Order of Saint Dumas, which introduces Azrael. But the guy Theo Gallivan, who's running for mayor, like he dies, and they turn him into Azrael, and then he goes on this rampage to uh, kill Jim Gordon, and then. The cool part of it is his antics because he's like a superhuman now. He can like do crazy jumps and uh, uh, is a little bit more impervious to pain than most people. Is there like, a montage Bruce... where he's doing crazy jumps? No, but he like he tracks down Jim Gordon and then Jim Gordon is in the chief of police like <coughs> try to defend themselves, but Bruce Wayne's in the vicinity of it and he sees like this guy in a cape jump like a shadow in a cape jumping from like platform to platform, and you're just like, wow, that's like kind of the inspiration for batman uh, okay. for him like as a young kid oh okay like it's plotting the scene oh, right, of... because batman's not in the show right is it good but anyway and then at the end of the Azrael storyline like he's infiltrated wayne manor and uh someone's put it in his head that he has to kill bruce wayne instead of jim gordon okay that was his original mission before he died <laughs> Bread, bread, you're good. No, nope, I'll wait. <laughs> no one else can even really hear. I'll him. just cut it out. <laughs> okay. Um. So yeah, the Azrael, uh, Jim Gordon's fighting Azrael, and all of a sudden, like they get to Wayne, they fight out of the mansion up to the front gates, and then just when you think uh, Azrael's going to win, the Penguin and his goon show up with a rocket launcher and just blow up Azrael, <laughs> and they're like, "Glad doing business with you," and then they walk away. Like it's this quick out like there's a lot of convenience in the show much like the blacklist you know anyone can be anywhere at any time like gordon just gordon just gets into people's apartments huh villains just get into people's apartments show up yeah yeah it's stuff like that that's like ugh. but again it's like a network show so everything's rushed and convenient you know like hannibal (laughs) (laughs) did you uh did you see the amazon exclusive for uh star trek beyond it's awesome. It comes with no. like a, a oh. Franklin model. Yes. Yeah. Well, it comes with all three of them, doesn't it? I don't know. I think I saw the I, Franklin model. Yeah. I think. It, well. Okay. Yeah. It looks awesome. Yeah. It makes me want to get it. Yeah. I'm still gonna get the steel book. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Anything else? That's it for me. Okay. Uh, I really only watched one thing. I've been playing through now Bioshock Two, and I'm almost done with Bioshock Two, so that's taking most of my time. Uh. And I, I oh oh uh, I will say really quick that I caught up with the seasons this this season of Halt and Catch Fire, um, and the, genuinely the best written season of show 
Uh, not necessarily my favorite, but like what they are doing with these characters is so smart. Um, there's nothing, even though like characters keep doing things that like you don't like, they do an amazing job of giving you enough perspective that you understand like why people are doing things. And so like mistakes and things get made and you always empathize with, with why everything is happening. Um, it is just such a great, sh- like special show. Um, do you so, think anyway. they're, do you think they'll be able to like, is there more stories for a fourth season? Oh Yeah. Okay. I mean, they they will keep going. So so they've done a couple. They've pulled a couple of things this week or this season so far. So they are they're telling they know. their their sort of weird angle on the Apple Steve Jobs getting fired story. Um, I mean, spoilers for the first five episodes. They are doing some amazing work talking about. Um, Wait, this is season three. Yeah. Okay. Um, talking about uh, women in startups and and just women in general in business uh, at, at that time period and the way that they were treated and 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 um and some of the interplay even between the 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 two women who who run mutiny um and sort of the way that like they they don't even trust each other uh because of all the things going around them going on around them um yeah and then they uh yeah is gordon Uh, still fighting cancer i yes okay that that story is still good um because it's it's that he he has it, and they are measuring. Or, uh, yeah, it, you know, he has this. It's not really cancer. It's like a, um, it's like these lesions on his brain. Um, but uh, and so the like you're monitoring every now and then. It just pops up, and he'll like write in a journal about how he is doing. Um, but it's definitely like a B. Gordon is very much a B storyline. Um, it's really about Donna and and uh, and Cameron um, and it Joe. Is Lee Pace still working on network security? Uh, I, I it's a little much to yes okay. I will say that um, there is more going on there um, but yeah they there's there's plenty more I mean the internet doesn't really exist yet um, so there are plenty of stories that they can go tell about that show and eventually I think that the show matures enough that you you tell modern stories about what that world looks like today. I mean, there's, there is so much um, potential to keep that kind of story going. Yeah, now, the problem is when you do that, you lose some of the, some of the, the fun of the, the setting of the show, you know? Um, yeah, I guess but, I shouldn't say network security. Like, it seemed like you had a plan to infect people's computers and then sell them the cure for it. Yeah, you should watch that okay. show. It's not, even, it's not infected. That's malicious. It's, it's the creation of... Of like a Norton antivirus, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, so yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so that show is really great. Um, but the only real thing that I watched this week was I got a chance to watch um, Kurosawa's Seven Samurai. Uh, I actually watched it last night. Um, didn't realize when I started playing it that it was three and a half hours long. Oh. Um, I literally I got to the intermission two hours in, and the intermission popped up, and I was like, "Oh, what have I done?" Because I started <laughs> it at eight thirty. So at ten thirty, the intermission pops up, and I was like, "Oh shit, I'm I'm in trouble." Um, and I'm guessing you watched it as a uh, as a pre pre watcher for what this yes. week's movie is about. Yes, I watched it because I had never seen it. And we were going to see Magnificent Seven, and I was like, I should go. I should watch Kurosawa's. I've also this is the first Kurosawa film I've ever watched. Um, for whatever reason, uh, mostly like I own a couple, and I just haven't watched them yet. Um, I get the Criterion's when I get a chance. Um, but for it's one of those things where like I would have to 
really it's just like the chaplain stuff right like you have to really sit down and commit yourself to i'm going to absorb every ounce of this as much yeah. as i can not just because it's in a foreign language but also because it is of a time and you know in this case it's three and a half hours long um and it you know you're 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 gonna pay a lot of attention to like the way he composes shots and that kind of stuff and it's not necessarily like there are times when the camera jiggles and it's still it's still in the movie and stuff like that where you're just like well that you would never get away with that now, but at the same time, you're getting these amazing shots where, like, you have a character in the foreground and a character in the background, and they're having a conversation, and then one of them moves, and the other one comes into the foreground, and so you're getting like, um, it's a it's a thing that Spielberg does as well, but you're you're getting multiple shots in the same shot, and sometimes he doesn't even move the camera; he just has the the characters choreographed in these fantastic ways where it it adds a lot of drama and tension to the shot. Uh, without him doing anything other than letting the characters move. Um, anyway, um, Seven Samurai is a three-and-a-half-hour-long epic. Uh, it feels a lot like watching a Ten Commandments or or Ben-Hur or one of those kind of films, like a Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, I started um, it. I didn't get through it. it. Oh, man. it's I love this film. Um, the first two hours is just you getting to know the samurai. Um, so for some people, it's... The inverse of Lawrence of Arabia, right? So, like, some people are going to watch this and be like, yeah, the first half is really boring, and then the last hour and a half where they're fighting dudes is really cool. Um, but for me, that first half is really important because it it makes you really care about these characters um, and gives you a lot of, like, interesting information about about the culture that, of course, you know, one of the reasons why if you make this into a Western, it works really well in America, and you don't need it to be three and a half hours long, is that we all understand like the West and we understand what's going on there. Whereas here, like there are times where they'll talk about like, Oh, you know, if I'd been born a samurai and not a farmer and that kind of stuff. And you like, you have to remember that like there, you know, there are different groups of people and their cultures are different. And so they're, you know, just groups of, you know, families of samurai where they don't necessarily, they're not necessarily farmers. They're all fighters and stuff like, like, Understanding that sort of not nomadic but like uh, kinship culture and that kind of stuff that is a little bit lost on me. That watching through the movie, you get these little undertones. Um, it's also just really like part of why the movie is so long is because there's a lot of fun or character building sequences that you wouldn't need to have. You know, like yeah, if you're gonna make Magnificent Seven, do you need the fun slapsticky alcoholic character to have a scene where you know? He's super drunk, and they take away his sword, and they chase him around the barn for a while. No, but the reason that scene's actually there is to have this conversation about the fact that he he carries around this lineage and pretends that he is of this this great lineage of samurai. And then when you do the math, you realize that if he's telling the truth, he would be thirteen years old. And so, therefore, he's you like it. It feeds into this great subplot where you learn about that character throughout the movie. Um, he's the equivalent of basically Chris Pratt's character. Um, and so when you meet him, like he's this kind of weird guy that's just, uh, obsessed with how good the, our, our main hero samurai is and wants to learn from him. Um, and, uh, but he's also an alcoholic and turns out that he's, he was born a farmer. Like he's actually trying to fight against the whole system cause he's angry with, with, with everything. Um, and then also makes this huge mistake, uh, in the, in the third act of the film that costs a few of the samurai their lives, um, like he has this amazing subplot in this film that you wouldn't necessarily get in a hour and a half movie. 
or two and a half hour movie. Um, but basically, you you spend that first two hours where the the this you know band of uh, of bandits is attacking this village, and a couple a couple of people who are brave enough go into town and they start looking for for samurai. Um, the kind of cool thing here is that they they actually have nothing to pay the samurai. All they can promise them is that they will feed them rice the entire time that they are in the village. Uh, because none of the other people in the village eat rice because they don't have enough because the bandits keep taking it all. But they're like, well, if you come do this, we can feed you for a while. Um, so what's neat is this whole sequence where this one older samurai who's really good that we, we see this awesome sequence where he he saves a little boy from a bandit at the beginning. Um, he uh, He has to like one at a time recruit samurai that are both talented and willing to go do this job even though they're not going to get anything out of it. Um, and so by the time they go to the village and start training the, uh, the, village, the, the farmers, like you, really, you really believe that they are invested in this on an ethical level where they're like, no, no, this really is terrible that, that you know, farmers have, have, have been sort of left to these devices. Um, and there's a, the, a whole sub-theme about how you know, the, the samurai are trained for war and um, and uh, again, this is one of those like pieces of Japanese ho- history that I don't know enough about. Um, but there's this great conversation about how like the samurai don't really respect the farmers and never have, which is why they they like um, the farmers are all super suspicious of them, and um, and and that that the samurai are, are or that the farmers are actually victims of the samurai for a long time. And it's like the samurai are, are here because they can help. But they're not necessarily the good guys to the farmers. It's like it's like having you know it's a it's a the enemy of my enemy kind of a thing. And I don't th- like the samurai don't realize that until halfway through the movie where they realize like oh shit we've done a lot of bad things to these people you know as a as a group. Um, so anyway, it's a fantastic, really fantastic movie. Um, when the when the last hour and a half long fight sequence happens, where they are, it spends a lot of time um, <coughs> like explaining to you the strategic element of what they're doing. So they'll like, much like in the movie that we saw today, uh, they, they have these traps set up for when the bandits get there and they know that there's exactly 40 of them. And so they've got like a, a list of them and they count every time they kill a couple to make, to see how, how well they're doing. And then they, um, they'll, they'll try these different tricks. So they'll like get them to come in one way and they'll let one guy in and then all the farmers will come in and and stop the horses so they can kill that one guy. And so it's like this war of attrition with these bandits where they're carefully taking out one or two or four at a time. Um, and it's, it's really cool. Um, I, I'm amazed that, you know, tired on a Friday night, I, I thoroughly enjoyed, you know, this entire film, um, and stuck with it and, you know, was not really genuinely did not get bored. Um, because I, I really liked those characters a lot. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I might be hooked and might find myself, you know, switching back and forth between watching Charlie Chaplin films and <laughs> Kurosawa films until I have seen enough black and white f- pictures to, to, like, you know, do black and white pictures work better for you because you're colorblind? Uh, yeah, uh, they, yeah, they totally do. Yeah, I did think about it at one point where I was like, oh, I bet this movie in color would look amazing because you don't get any of the like the Jap- Japanese uh, aesthetic culture in the movie. Um, I mean, there's there's some hints to it where like the there's like a there's a great shot where she goes and lays it down in a in this uh, Shino. 
she lays down in this field of flowers. Um, and you can tell, like, man, if this were in color, I bet this would just be beautiful. Uh, oh, yeah, because there's also this whole subplot about this guy who is freaked out because he's like, you can't bring Samurai here to protect us because all of the women will go crazy and fall in love with them. And then what will we do? And so he, like, forces his daughter to cut her hair and pretend she's a boy. Um, oh, it's, yeah, there's, there's so many stories going on here. Um, yeah. Uh, and the guy who plays, uh, I can't pronounce any of their names, but basically he's the, he's the alcoholic, like wild samurai who, who is, who's really fun and like super animated is great. Like every time he's on screen, you're having fun. Even when he fucks shit up, you're like, oh man, he's just, cause he's like hooting and hollering and bouncing. But he's like a cartoon character, but a person and a samurai and he carries the longest sword I've ever seen like it's 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 so ah, uh, it's so long I don't like every time he would unsheath it I was like how does he do that like it's not it's longer than his arms Uh, but anyway uh, I I think it's a fantastic film you can rent it on Amazon uh, you can rent the Criterion version and when you do they give you 72 hours to watch it instead of the normal 48 because they're like there's a lot of shit, and this movie's three and a half hours long. <laughs> so it might take you three days to watch the whole thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely, I, I, I would certainly recommend it. I think it was, it's really cool. So, yeah, that's everything I watched this week. This week we saw another Seven Samurai movie, but Western style. We saw The Magnificent Seven. James, should people see The Magnificent Seven? Uh, yeah. So, quick caveat, I haven't seen the original. Um, I was going to watch it before we did this, but we ended up recording a little earlier. Um, the, uh, uh, this is some of the most fun I've had in, uh, in a theater in a couple months now. Uh, just a really cool action movie with some really great one-liners and some fun characters. Uh, definitely a couple of moments where I'm like, well, that's corny or dumb, but I forgive every one of them because I, I think the, the, the movie is pretty badass. So, yeah, I would definitely recommend it. Brad? I, too, have not seen the original, but um, I, I, I thought it was fun. The, I think the problem for me is that it's the template for most Westerns. Like, m- most modern Westerns you've seen are based on this story. So there wasn't a lot of surprise to it for me. Um, but I, I think if you if you watch this movie, you go to watch the actors perform these characters. Like yeah, that, oh, totally. That, that's yeah. the only draw. Like, if I wanted to see it again, it's it because I want to see Denzel or uh, Chris Pratt, like, play the character. Otherwise, the story is, like, pretty... Oh, for sure pretty simple yeah um and they don't do anything terribly innovative to you know make it better um like it's a lot of stuff's telegraphed um so it was just like it's really just watching these people act so yeah i mean i actually i didn't like it like really yeah i i thought it was boring i thought the acting when it wasn't um chris pratt or denzel washington or um the uh ethan hawk uh ethan hawk I'll get to him. Uh, okay. uh, not Ethan Hawke. Who's the uh, like uh, the, the Mexican guy? I thought he was. Oh, I, I he, don't know his. name. I forget his. Uh, yeah. Something uh, Garcia. Yeah, I, I thought he was really good. Racist. Um, it's... <laughs> <laughs> no, I know you're right. <laughs> um, I know you're right. I thought he's good, but other than that, I thought the movie was like boring, and because it, it, what Brad hit on, it's like, oh, there's a land baron guy who's killing people in the town, and I thought Forsaken did a way better job doing it. Sure. Um, Quick caveat: the, all that stuff comes from this movie, but sure. Yeah, I know. I, I said so. Like, I, I get it. Yeah. But also, why is every town they go into take place in a saloon that has a brothel in it? Is that all in like in the Wild West was saloons with brothels? 
Yes. Simpler times. Yep. <laughs> it's still stupid. They didn't have anyway. an arcade. So. And, then, yeah. and then I can't. There, were, I don't know there how, were no Pizza Huts. I don't know how many times in this movie they like hookers would be in like um, like the standard 1800s hooker get up. And they'd be like walking down the stairs with some guy. And then there'd be gunfights like, oh, and they'd run away. Oh, it drove me crazy. This movie drove Doesn't me crazy. Doesn't that happen like once? No. <laughs> mm. Okay. It was driving me crazy. I will say, like, another thing, too, is... Um, Are we going to play the trailer? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get my point out, and then you guys can just talk amongst yourselves for the rest of the review. Wow. Um, I, like, as I was watching the movie, this thing in my head was, like, I just kept, like, thinking to, my, thinking to myself, like, how awful it must have been back in the Wild West days that, like, you're constantly looking over your shoulder because anyone could just try to shoot you. Yep. And I feel I feel like this movie did a good. This movie did, did a good job. No, I'll wait. <laughs> did a good job of creating that tension of like, mm-hmm. uh, like at any time someone could be shot in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Nope. I would agree. This movie's boring. You're so wrong. You're wrong. Here's Let's the play trailer. the trailer. Man carries a gun, he tends to use it. Dan, you dead? Pity. I had just ordered a drink from that man. Took a job looking for some men to join me. Is it difficult? Impossible. How many you got so far? You and me. <laughs> Who's she? We work for her. Good lord. That's right. That man murdered my husband. I want something. I take it. He will take everything we have. So you seek revenge? I seek righteousness. But I'll take revenge. I need more than a few to help us fight. What a bunch of misfits we are. You know how to shoot that thing? I'm good. So am I. He's local, my friend. Oh, we're good. We got a Mexican. I sense we are bonding. Oh. We got a seven. He's got an army. And they'll be murdered by the world's greatest lover. (laughs) Why are you here fighting someone else's fight? These people deserve their lives back. Just make sure we're fighting the battle in front of us, not the battle behind. Every man's got the right to choose where he dies. We have nowhere else to go, so. You ain't never seen a soldier like me. One, two, three, I'm a vigilante. Four, five, six, kiss that ass goodbye. When I pull the gun, this somebody gotta die. What's the plan? I've always wanted to blow something up. Is that a plan? How'd we do? I think we killed them all. How do you not enjoy this movie? Oh, Holy I don't know. Shit. So the opening... 
Uh, who's the bad guy in this? What's the actor? Uh, Peter Sarsgaard. Yeah. So opening where they're like, you can't come in here. This is God's house. And I knew I was in trouble when the actor, the extras are overacting and it drives me crazy. It's really distracting to me. So in the church scene, uh, when the, the bad guy comes in and he says, reach in there, boy. What is this? And uh, there's a dude who's in the second row in the pew and he's like throwing his hands up like and shaking his head like, I can't believe this is happening to our town. It is driving me crazy. And I think the motivation is stupid. And I don't think like that line. I think the motivation of like saving people from a bad guy. No, I'm talking about the motivation for the bad guy in that scene is stupid. Oh, okay. And he's like, he's not like that compelling as a bad guy to me. He's like, oh, here's another like Western dandy guy. Sure. And uh, Matt Bomber, where he's like, hey, man, get the fuck out of our town. We don't need to put up with this bullshit anymore. I don't think exact any of lines that, from the movie. I don't think that was in the movie. <laughs> what yeah. movie did you see? Okay. And so uh, in all seriousness, there's also a part at the beginning where they're just like giving you the overview of like the town, right? And mm-hmm. there, there's guys who have the gold and they're coming in and they jump out and they have guns. Yeah. Well, so, they're bribing the sheriff. Yeah. Before they take over the church. It's irrelevant because I'm going to get to the point. So the, the so they have like the box of gold and their mouths aren't moving. But all I hear is a South Park guy going, get the gold in, the, in here. Let's go, guys. Let's get the gold. Yeah, you know that Brug wants to do this. Get the gold. Yeah. Um, it happened yeah. in that wait, 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 wait. So what you're saying is now you, you were also hallucinating dialogue? No, I was not hallucinating dialogue. At the beginning... The guys are unloading. Oh, oh, the stuff. I see what you're saying. It's just that it's just that there's ADR. There's of... ADR. Okay. There, and then it ha- comes back uh, when they go back. So I'm going to jump ahead really fast. So that part drove me crazy, and then it comes back again when the Magnificent Seven go to liberate the mine. Yeah. They they come in like, and they're you know picking guys off, and there's people just standing there with their mouths not moving, going, "Where's the shot coming from? Oh, they're taking out the bad guys." Literally, they're saying that. And it's fucking stupid. <laughs> so your problem was that they ADR'd some lines in for people who weren't no, really no, understood. For like, the old folk in the theater who didn't understand. That and it's Which I would agree is superfluous, but yeah. Yeah, but you know, the, even the opening scene, I don't have any emotional attachment to these people because he's picking on some kid to stick his hand in a jar that has dust in it. Well, no, it's actually because he's forcing them out of the town, telling them he'll give them $20 yeah, or it. he'll probably kill them all, and then he just slaughters like six people. Yeah, well, remember he's... Because he feels like Well, it. he comes in and the Irish priest is like, don't do this in God's house, son. I'm like, oh my God, it's so stupid. Like, Because so right he, he has an accent and he's Irish. No, right away, instantly, I'm like taken out of the movie because like, the dialogue is bad, um, the acting is not good. I'm taken out immediately in the movie. Okay. Hey, let's get the gold inside. Yeah, get it. Go get the gold. That drives me crazy. Okay. I don't remember that dialogue, but okay. I don't either. Anyway, so so uh, we it might not have been specific to that dialogue, but it's basically <laughs> just what they were saying. We meet Denzel Washington, and he's hunting down this dude, and we... Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's really great. Uh, and he's a cool gunslinger, and, and there's, this, there's uh, uh, this sort of neat interplay there in that scene where, like, Chris Pratt clearly, like admires this guy to some degree but doesn't understand really why and then gets himself in some trouble uh and the you know this movie sort of flies through the hey we need to go get seven dudes to go fight this thing um which is one of my sort of problems with it is that because you don't spend because you don't get to spend two hours doing it the right way um 
you you basically get 30 minutes or 35 minutes or so of like meeting these characters and some of them are better than others uh i really love so the the scene where where when we meet goodnight and and billy uh and they're having that like standoff in the in the little round is directly ripped from seven samurai like it's the exact same sequence um and it's really cool there too um but here like you 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 know he kills him with a with a hairpin hairpin um and uh so like that one is pretty fun. The one with the Indian is pretty dumb where the Indian just like walks in and is like, "Hey, what are you guys doing?" <laughs> "Hey man, I got this deer. I like organs. Uh, I walk a different path." Um, you, you, you and, and, share like, an that organ? scene that scene happens and the whole time I'm tense just cuz I'm like, "This could get offensive." real fast can we just end this sequence and add him to the team and move along because this is going to get bad uh that stuff like that's fun where it's um because i think denzel washington's good in the movie i think chris pratt's really good in the movie yeah you know the part where chris pratt is trying to get his horse back and he's making fun of that small irish guy he's like i didn't know there's a leprechaun too that's great he has so many great one-liners like i think that bear was wearing human clothes (laughs) is oh my god my whole theater just erupted but it's i mean like the part where you know, so he's they're eating organs, and then Denzel just walks away, and he says he's joining. Oh like, yeah, that's that's no, cool. That yeah, that sequence is silly. Um, um, but then I have to endure. Like I, I don't like the story with. Um, I guess the whole like town folk story really bothers me because I don't like because I don't think it's very compelling. And like he's so mean to us, and he's going to take our land, and he killed my husband. I'd rather just hang out with the guys who are killing people, because the town folks people are boring. Uh, uh, and so is and Vincent D'Onofrio's character was annoying too. We aren't really wow uh, wow. Um, we aren't even really spending that much time with the townsfolk. Like it's enough we, to distract the movie. Uh, they're just like, aren't we no. delightfully incompetent? Yes, yeah, like they're no, just there enough for us to have fun oh, with yeah. our heroes, so that our heroes can save some people. Yeah, okay, go back to the uh, the church where they all stand up and like, Man, we can't. Uh, let him do this. No, let's let him do it. He's you mean the first scene. man? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's one scene. Yeah, it's still, but it carries the weight. Like the dude who has a kid who sticks his hand in the jar keeps on coming back, and he's always like protecting his kid, and they're always crying, and it's really obnoxious. Yeah, he's like an extra in the background, like just, no, just so that if you hide behind a wagon. if you had a heart and you and you cared about that guy not having his son die, you at least know by I the end. I don't care about okay, him because the acting okay. is shitty. That's okay, and the and the, and the dialogue is poorly written. I so disagree with you. Do you think like that the beginning is well done? I I think it is well done for this kind of a western. I that no. dialogue the dialogue and acting in this movie did not bother me one bit. Like so when the bad guys are in the church are like chewing and spitting and I'm like oh my god it's I don't know just irritating. That's me. how you know they're bad guys. Yeah. No. Like <laughs> this is a popcorn western flick. No, it can still be good and it's not but but that's how like that's the vernacular of the film like that is how the the film communicates with you and they are like just him spitting is them communicating that they don't give a shit like that is a that is a choice from that character to be actively disrespectful i i i, I get it james you don't have to talk down to me i understand what they're trying to do I, i'm just saying i don't you, understand but your like, argument with me to make me like it is not going to change okay great um <laughs> Fine. Uh, He's just explaining anyway. why he likes it. Yeah, like I no, I think everything about this movie, with the exception of the Indian scene being pretty on the nose, I hate that there has to be a magic Indian fight. That was fucked up and dumb. Um, like those are the two things that I would actively fix. 
and the fact that this movie ends on one of the worst shots of the year, which is, why did they have to CG some crosses? Why couldn't they just take some wood out into a field? Especially because they use CG as matte paintings the whole time. I don't think it was CG. I think they... Uh, Dude. Yeah. No. That was some, that was some Ang Lee bullshit. No, I think it was just highly stylized. Like, I'm learning stuff about like cinema cameras. Yeah. And like, you can stretch the color values and stuff. And I think they just like oversaturated like, a real shot. I, I, that could be. Like, I would believe you because if so, it's pretty good CG. But it all, everything looks waxy in that shot. Um, like literally, I walked out of the theater, and my first comment was, "They couldn't just build four crosses and put them on a hill, like yeah. really." Um, but I, I know I had a whole lot of fun. But like also I think going the, back, so uh, Ethan. Hawks, I, I mean, I was talking about what I liked about the movie, but if you yeah. want to keep hating on yeah. it for no reason, that's fine. No, so Ethan Hawke's big moral dilemma is he can't kill anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Um, uh, no, it's actually really great. Um, and and ties into you know. Part of the original, but still. So, I can't kill anybody. I'm leaving. No, you need to stay and kill. I can't. And then he comes back. And then he comes back. Who who, who cares? Like, everybody knew he is. Okay, so I would say him coming back, second worst shot of the movie. Like, that, that low angle of, like, the slow motion horse coming in. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, but it doesn't... Yeah, like, they they do not earn him coming back properly. And honestly, I was fine with him being gone. Because then what it does is it, it removes him and allows the, 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 the girl to become one of the Magnificent Seven. Um, so I was cool at that point. I was like, oh, great. Because that is part of the, like... Uh, James, I, I, I the young lady girl. Uh, the, 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 the nice uh, Miss Cullen. Uh, Mrs. The, the Widow Cullen. The Widow Cullen. The Widow Cullen <laughs> can then become one of the Magnificent Seven. Um, the, like, I the liked I, his... The part I hated about it is it, it was that typical thing of, like, you know he's going to come back. Oh, no, I agree. And yeah. that's why I didn't want him to. Right. Um, I like your idea where... Yeah. If he where had the Widow his, Cullen gets to become a Magnificent If he'd owned it, yeah. Because there's even that line where she's like, I'll replace him. And I was like, oh, great. Because we've had our, our power shot of here's the seven guys. So if one of them leaves, then she gets to replace him. And he should have, um, like... Like, there should be a scene where he dies out, like, away from the town for being a coward or something. Or, or, I mean, I, I actually think that his fate, if he doesn't come back and doesn't get discussed again, his fate there is pretty great. Because he even said, like, in that, in that speech, he's like, I've become everything I hate. Like, and, and the last thing he says is, remember me as I used to be. And then he rides off. And you're remember like, oh, me man. as a killer. Well, as a cool guy a who's, <laughs> who is calm and able to actually, like, make an impact on his world where he is no longer able and, to. And then remember when Vincent D'Onofrio sees the Indian guy and he's like, although I walk through shadow of... Oh, terrible. Yes. Shouldn't have done it. Because that character is fun up until then and his little bits of, like, quoting the Bible and praying and that kind of stuff, I enjoyed. And then that becomes this corny, like, okay, what? Nah, you didn't have to do that. But it's also... About three seconds of the movie, um, so not the worst thing ever. Um, but uh, but no, I, like I I think that Ethan Hawke's story about you know being a guy who has fought and killed a lot in his life. He's he's an ex Civil War, or he's a Civil War veteran, and so is is Denzel Washington. Um, probably because they fought. I mean, they're they're both from Kansas, so they they were probably fighting in bloody Kansas. Um, the uh, like him talking about the fact that like he. He just can't do it anymore uh, and being pretty tired of killing. And then there's also that little line about um, like he, he, he's, af- he's afraid that if he starts killing people again that he's going to die a terrible death. So it's this sort of looming invocation for, for the end of the film. Um, 
I will say that like when he's pretending to have a hard time firing the rifle in that first pretty badass like tense shootout where they're all standing in the you know like where they've got the bad guys surrounded yeah that's and at cool. first oh it's so like that sequence is great partially because you think it for like he gets the upper hand and you realize like oh he's gonna run these guys off and then and then the Indian fires the arrow and you're like oh no he's totally picking this fight like Denzel Washington isn't here to let you go he's here to fuck all of you guys in half are you guys want to take my gun Oh yeah, yeah. He's like he so wants to kill them enough that he eventually picks the fight and is like, "No, you're gonna die." Um, I think that sequence is is at least worth the movie um, and probably the best sequence of the movie because the action at the end is a modern action movie where and also feels a lot like some of those old westerns where there's so much going on that it's not a it's not a great choreographed action scene, but partially because it's such a big area that you're bouncing from this and area. Here this comes a Gatling gun. I thought I saw that in Shanghai Nights. Uh, yeah, and Shanghai Nights is a way worse film than this. Like <laughs> yeah. Like that's a movie where there's a lot of dumb, poorly written dialogue and mm-hmm. like just like this one. And ham fisted d- sequences. Like no this is a a a very simple archetype of Westerns done well for a modern audience this isn't like just because it is the same you know root I'm not, story no, i'm not saying it's the story i'm saying it's executed poorly and, I, I, and I, I, I dramatically disagree i mean you've made it very clear that you do yeah. i get it James. you've made it very clear that you really don't like the vo at the beginning so and uh, in the middle oh you're right yeah yeah there's a couple lines in the middle too you're right yeah. and and that ethan hawk is sad because he can't kill anymore right and it's really poorly handled um, I think like I think everything that had to do with the town folks is poorly <laughs> written, and I just wanted to do more of like the dudes bonding. Like I think when Chris Pratt and Denzel Washington talk is fun. Mm-hmm. I like the scene where uh, where they're all drunk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the scene where they meet the uh, Mexican gunfighter I think is fun. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I think the even though the end uh, gunfight with the main bad guy and Denzel is. <laughs> Like at the beginning, I'm like, this isn't that exciting. Mm-hmm. But then when Denzel's able to act and he starts choking him out, I think it's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Though I was a little disappointed that they wrote in a reason for them to have a past. Like, I didn't need that. Yeah. Like, I wanted, like, it was enough just to know, like, bad things have happened to Denzel Washington that now he wants to make the world better. Like, he's, he's trying to make up for something. Like, that's enough. Um, especially in a Western where most of the time your, your Western heroes are. People, you know, they're, they're your pale writers where they, they have a past, but we're not going to take time to write it because that costs money. Um, like, that would have fit very well with the, the, the traditional Western. But at the same time, I think with, with a modern movie, um, I, you know, I think most, most audiences foolishly would want you to, to tie that together. Um, but I, for me, it's a mistake. Yeah. You know, I would rather he just be like, you're a fucking piece of shit. I'm going to choke you out. Um, I, I actually was terrified at the end because I was like, oh, man, are they going to drop the bell on him? Like some, <laughs> I did. Like some ter- – because I thought when they used the Gatling gun on it, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Those it's guys like- are going to die. Like what I would have shot it with just like move across the town and drop the whole tower in and we then we just know those two are dead because um, it's burned down. Like the whole bell tower is burned down and then you you just riddle it with bullets Um and so then when it didn't, when they were walking in, I was like, oh, fuck you. No, 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 no. No, don't do this. And then thank- thankfully they didn't. Because um, that was terrifying for a moment. Um, I thought it would been funny if like the Gatling gun had weakened, because they had to re-raise the bell. If, yeah, like, oh, yeah. If, if they didn't tell us it had been 
the rope had weakened, and then when he's crawling there on the like in front of the entrance, I was like, "Oh, like if do it, it do yeah. it." Oh. Like, like if mid speech he got crushed. Yeah, but that to me that is such a like a like modern buddy cop villain <laughs> murder. You know, like uh, that's what I would expect in a say Shanghai Nights style okay. movie where someone pops up with a rocket launcher and blows up your villain over the Thames. Um, which wouldn't that be a disappointing way to end a fucking kung fu movie or an episode um, of Gotham? Oh no, really? <laughs> I just told. Oh, you. Oh yeah, you did. <laughs> Holy shit! Oh well, but that was the hero. No, the penguin sh- and his goons show up with a rocket launcher and kill yeah. the villain. They're like, oh right, oh because you owe us really one. A villain. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I forget that he's because in the in the ga- in the third game he's like a he's like working with with uh, with Batman. The so third that, game. I, yeah. Anyway, that's beside the point. Um, anyway, I, I I think this movie is really fun, um, and I'm fine with it. And Ryan hates it, so yeah. But he's really right he here. was really tired. I'll make him watch it in a few months, and he'll be like, "Oh yeah, this is really fun." I'm not going <laughs> to watch this movie again because <laughs> you know what's going to happen. This I, or Independence I, Day Resurgence. Oh, I understand oh. you not liking Independence Day Resurgence because that's a like that's a bad movie that's fun. Whereas this is a really decent, well structured movie that is really fun. Um, like these characters are enjoyable. Uh, I like Chris Pratt. Yeah, dude. How about that sequel? Oh man, yeah. He has a, he has a terrible last line though. Like he should have just not said anything. Um, the one eyed Jacks thing. Yeah, I've always been lucky with one eyed Jacks. I'm like, yeah, yeah that's fine. If, if, I think that that one was forced. Whereas if he had just like sat up and thrown the dynamite, you'd be like, oh, good for you. My problem, like I was fine with the line. My problem was like everyone else in town. Uh, dies from one hit kills, but Chris Pratt gets like shot over and over and over again. But he's fine. No, no, no. Um, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio gets hit with like three different arrows. Yeah, and but of course he's also a fucking bear man. So yeah. he's so he's supposed <laughs> to be burly. You're right. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, no. When you see like, Chris Pratt next to everybody else, he's like super ripped. Oh yeah. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. He's like he's got them Star Lord muscles <laughs> going does. on under there. Who? Um, Star Lord. Yeah. And I think the. The half James Horner score is pretty good. Um, why, why didn't he finish it? Oh, uh, he died in a plane crash, Ryan. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But all um, he had to do was adapt the original score, so... Oh, no, the song doesn't really come up until the end, until the credits. <laughs> no, nah, it's littered throughout. Is it? Yeah. Oh. Even when they first just, when it's just the Magnificent Four, it's playing through the... Oh, you're right, in those... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but not during the... Like, when they go not, to not a, the another uh, yeah. saloon with hookers in it. Okay, the reason why that's in all hey, hey, Western movies... Hey, guys, let's repurpose this set real fast. No, I, I honest, I literally had a moment when that, when that scene first started, when Denzel first shows up, where I was like, oh, cool, this is a, a different shot of a differently designed Western bar. Like, because the bar is in a different place, the way that shot is framed, like, it's not the exact same shot that I see in every other Western. And the director's I, like, I whoa, whoa, actively, hang on, guys. Move the piano player to the right side. He was on the left side in the last bar. I actively disagree with you because I literally, I had that thought in the theater when that shot happened where I was like, oh, this bar looks different than other Western movies. That's cool. You didn't just go use the bar from Deadwood. So remember, he met Chris Pratt at a bar at the beginning, hmm? and then they fought at a bar in the middle, and then they fought in another bar at the end. Just saying. Uh, yeah. Um, there's not a lot of yes, but but you were saying that like there's multiple times where they shoot a guy on the stairs and there's a whore that goes ah I think that only happens once. No, I said there's multiple times when they shoot a guy and a whore runs away. Oh oh, just just that they shoot a guy and uh, to be fair, 
I, I think that you are being unfair to women in scantily clad clothes and that you shouldn't be so sexist and call them all whores. <laughs> sure. Um, okay. Because they might just be ladies in Western Wearing clothes. Wearing corsets outside. Yeah. Without any clothes. And I mean, I'm pretty sure that in the 1800s, women didn't wear super low cut things, so their boobs are always hanging out. I'm just saying. I don't think you're right. I don't think you're right. Ha! Ha! Only the main girl who's like a rebel. All the other towns women is she, were is she covered up. Yeah, I think she's she in church in... wearing that. I don't know. Just saying. She was in. Uh, she was in Hardcore Henry. That lady. She was. She's in a lot of things. Is that her? Now. Yeah. Hardcore Henry is an actual dumpster fire of a film. Um, yeah, it's not as bad as Hardcore Henry. Wow. It probably goes uh. for me. Independence Day. <laughs> Hardcore Henry. Wow. Magnificent Seven. Mm, I have Terrible. to think about it. Terrible. I cannot believe. Oh, no, wait, goodness. so you're actually going to put Magnificent Seven below Independence Day? <laughs> I'm, no, no, like, no, so no, no. Independence Day is still the worst. Day, yeah. Okay. Because remember in Independence Day when they're driving a, a, a tugboat into a tidal wave? I do. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Remember the, remember the entire subplot about uh, Jeff Goldblum's dad driving a bus full of children towards a, a giant alien? Well, you got to yeah, set up the dumb. climax. <laughs> There's got to be a reason for that bus hey, to be there. Yeah, we need a small set for Jeff Goldblum to hang out in while big CG action happens around him. Come on. And the only thing I could think about is like, man, this movie needs Will Smith. Probably the first and last time I'll ever think of that. Oh, <laughs> come on. Now you're, now you're talking shit about Will Smith. Will Smith has been really great. He also makes bad movies. But Will Smith can What's make great movies. What's the last good movie he's in? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> That's not the name of the film. Independence Day? Uh, no, 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 no. Come now, you are you are being a poopy pants. Concussion, uh, Jersey Girl. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you won an Oscar for Concussion. Um, yeah. What was the last movie he was good in? He was good in. A, he was good in Focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Fuck off. He's awesome in Suicide Squad. No, he's not. He's just in Suicide Squad. You don't own me. That's not his my, song. My, my favorite uh, movie of the year, Suicide Squad. That That is how you write a lot of characters into an action movie. Oh my God, I hate you so In a way, much. they're like a Suicidal 7. I, I am like, I want to throw up all over you, phys- I mean, like physically. The only thing that Suicide Squad is missing is some like weird Cajun guy quoting the Bible while he's being shot by arrows. And then... I don't think he's Cajun. I think he's he's just it? a don't, mountain man. Don't they say he's Cajun? No, I think he's just no, a mountain man. He's a mountain man. I thought they said he was Cajun at one point. Nope. He just he's a mountain man with a with a voice that doesn't match with like that isn't the same voice every other person who plays a mountain man would 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 use. His intro's cool. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Where he kills those two dudes. are like, oh yeah, we totally killed that guy. Man, he's super dead. <laughs> I have the rest of my property, right? <laughs> oh yeah. You guys are gonna fight me for my stuff, are you? <laughs> Oh, man. Anyways, next week, yeah. I don't know what the fuck we're going to see. It's all shit. Whoa, man, what is it? It's Deepwater Horizon. Garbage. Miss not Peregrine's I'm... peculiar fucking timber and shit. Uh, and I don't know what else. So, um, well, maybe I'll just go, Magnif- go see Magnificent Seven again. You'd waste your money. Uh, no, I'll have a great time because it's, it's a super uh, solid the flick. dressmaker. Into the mic. <laughs> um, the Queen of Catway. Queen, yeah. Queen of Catway. It's like some chess. Even... It's like a Disney. Good God, chess! Yeah. Wait, Masterminds or Masterminds? I would go see Masterminds. Did you see Zach Galifianakis be is between two ferns with Hillary Clinton? Yeah, really, that was it's really, really funny. <laughs> that was really good. So, um, if I'm going to contact you, just send you an email. <coughs> You've um, got mail. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I definitely am not saying Deepwater Horizon. We can go see American Honey. Watch Shia LaBeouf be weird. Mm. Nope. Yeah, that's how I feel, too. I'd rather see Masterminds. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's go see Masterminds. Why not? All right. Until next week when Ryan will be right again. Bye. Uh, no. Bye. Yeah. Uh, no. Man, Bye. we haven't fought like this since Hunger Games. I know. Yeah, well, it's because you haven't been this wrong since Hunger Games. Real Nerds is a Nebulous Visions multimedia production. We would also like to thank Sparks Mandrill for our music. Additional music from Ben Sounds. Thank you to Alamo Drafthouse. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. And thank you for listening to the Real Nerds podcast.